Hello and welcome to another episode of Make Money Your Partner, where we support people in achieving financial consciousness and abundance. Today's episode, we will be speaking on the value of bringing a heart-centered approach to the financial industry. Today's guest is Freya Mathers. Freya, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. I'm really well. Thank you, Beth. How are you? Great. I'm so glad you're here. So audience, I want to share with you a little bit about Freya. Um, She's a money coach and she supports women in improving their financial situation and build long-term wealth. And she aims to help her clients do and feel good about money. I'm so glad you're here and so excited to highlight you. Again, welcome for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let us know, how did you get started with becoming a financial coach? Oh, I think if you even asked me a year ago if I would become a financial coach, I wouldn't have believed you. But um, I, I started my Instagram as a platform to raise awareness about personal finance uh, mainly because of my own personal transformation. Um, so three, about three years ago, I went through a complete transformation with my own personal finances. I went from being constantly broke, stressed out about money, living paycheck to paycheck. I had such bad spending habits and I was constantly kind of on the edge financially. Um, And I had my little kind of aha moment, which made me make a full transformation. Um, And then just seeing how much that affected me, my well-being um, and what kind of ripple effects it had on my overall life, my relationship, my sleep, my social life, my career, how present I was able to be in situations now that I didn't have to worry about money in the same way. Um, Having to worry about if there was any bill that I didn't know was coming or if I would have money to survive um, through the next paycheck. And just seeing how much it affected me and how easy it actually was made me really want to go out there and raise awareness of this and spread the message. And in the beginning, I was just trying to, to spread the message uh, around me to people I knew because I, I noticed everywhere that there's so many people who are struggling with personal finance because we don't learn this anywhere, don't we? So about at the end of last year, um, I started coaching because I realized it's a great way of actually supporting women um, to actually making transformations in their lives and working so closely is an incredible way to to see people um, improving their lives in front of your eyes so yeah sorry for that really long answer but that's how I became a money coach it's a beautiful answer and I love that you started out um, in your own personal journey you started sharing that with people on your social media right and it just grew into what seems to be now a passion of really wanting to, and a mission of wanting to support women um, feel freedom, right? Yeah, around, around money and their finances. Mm-hmm. But that's great. That's amazing. And so did you have any prior, um, like, did you go to school for finance or anything like this? Or you just went full, full in, just learning your own experience and realizing this is, I want to help people. 
Yeah, so I think that's also one of the reasons I realized I do make quite a good financial coach because I honestly did all the mistakes you can make. Um, I think in the beginning when I started educating myself, I used mainly YouTube. Um, there's some really great YouTubers out there. So I used YouTube and I got a little bit obsessed with money, I think, which is definitely not healthy. And I started kind of hoarding money and not being willing to spend at all. Um, I experienced with like, how little can I actually survive on? Um, because, you know, I, I noticed that having savings made me feel good and I just went way too far into the other direction. So I think the first year was all about trial and error. And maybe into the second year, I started finding a happy medium because money ultimately should give us happiness today as well as to our future, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I love that you speak about, you know, you're trying to find this healthy relationship with money, right? You <laughs> went from one spectrum to the other. And it's funny, I just wrote on my recent blog about um, the dysfunctional money behaviors. And one of them is hoarding yeah. and overspending is another one, right? So we really yeah. want to have this beautiful, happy medium to where we're enjoying life, spending money, but we're also being responsible and saving and, and doing those things as well. So it sounds like you've found that, which is beautiful. Now you're teaching others to do the same. Yeah, it's so important. What the happy medium is will vary from person to person as well. So yeah, it's it's not something mm -hmm. you can just find uh, a template on online. I think having that one-to-one -one support on these things really, really helps. Right, and you make a good a good point because you know everyone's values are different. Everyone has different reasons why they want to spend money or save money, and so everybody, 100%. yeah, everyone, <clears throat> yeah, their journey is is different, right? As long as as long as they're spending and and their saving is aligned with what they're up to, then it can be really exciting and fun. And yeah, and you're in the UK, right? So this isn't something that's just something in North America that people are experiencing. This is a world issue. It really is. It's a, it's a world issue because we're all faced with money and what it does for us when we have it and what it does for us when we don't have it. Right. Exactly. And so this is a conversation across all waters on mm. how, you know, it gets to be um, more uh, coming from a more understanding um, place in mm. when you're when you're sitting with a client. Right. Yeah. Um, because we don't know somebody's background. We don't know their story or what brought them to where they're currently at in their financial position, um, because it really doesn't define the person. Right. Exactly. That's why I always say um, your net worth is not your worth. We need to detach those two. Yeah, I think that's the saying that's been said for, for too long. And I think at one point I did agree with it. And then I realized, no, because here's the thing. People can lose everything in a blink of an eye. You know, we saw it in 2008 with the huge market crash where people were so close to retirement and lost everything right and so what what do we say to that quote now exactly I think we need to detach those and I think um as well there's so many emotions connected to our money stories and our relationship with money um and I think also since it's for so for so many people money is such a private topic um I read somewhere that we're more more 
happy to talk about our sex life or our own death rather than our money. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guilt and shame connected to being in certain situations like having death, for example, or, you know, using credit cards. And I think it's such an important step to just um, face those things and, and realize that, you know, these are very common situations to be in and there's no reason to, to feel shame or guilt. The only thing we can do and the admiral thing uh, to do is to just face your situation and and have some sort of, make some sort of a plan or make an attempt to, to get into a better situation if you can, but shame and guilt is not gonna go anywhere. And there's no reason for it because, you know, we're all, we've all, we can all end up in, in situations where that's the last resort. One other um, quick question for you. Tell us about the gender investing gap. So the gender investing gap, um, is basically I'm I'm very passionate about stock market investing and especially for women because um, one side of the story is that so few women invest uh, compared to men, um, but also the other side is side is that as women we actually need to make our money work harder for us for so many reasons. One being that we live longer, we need our money to to last longer. Um, Another is it's something called the pink tax, which is simply the fact that um, the same product for men and women, for example, razor blades, shampoo, etc., when it's marketed to women, uh, it's actually more expensive. So it's more expensive to be a woman. Uh, another reason is the gender pay gap. We make less money than men. And also career breaks. So for example, for maternity leave, for other reasons, um, women take more career breaks, which makes us fall behind on our savings, on our pension contributions. So for all these reasons, it's so important that women actually um, make their money work hard for us. There's a lot of blockages around starting to invest in because it seems like a really intimidating and masculine environment, but it's actually not. It can be fun, right? Yeah. It can be fun and exciting as, as long as you have a clear vision of what you're doing and it can be very, very exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's a, a very important thing for um, everyone to know is that, you know, not only is it really an obvious that's happening in our world with the um, pay gap between males and females. And there's also um, the, the investing gap, but also like you mentioned, consumerism, right? And, and when, when a woman buys something versus a, a man who buys something, typically it's gonna be more expensive for, for the woman than it would with the man. These are, these, are, these are things to really consider and look at for sure. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us from the UK today. Thanks, Thanks so much for having time. me. I almost yes. I had 15 minutes in Costa Rica now. <laughs> you, you did. You actually did. You stepped into to my time here, here in Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost got a sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Thank you again for joining. Thanks so much for having me.